Hello, everyone, and welcome to issue number 136 of the Back Here to Fuck you Podcast. Woo! Tonight, we're talking Star Wars Rebels. We're talking disaster movies. And in the wake of the double-header Nor'easter, I'm hearing soon to be a triple-header, which I'm not ready for. Tri-Easter? Tri-Easter. Tri-Easter? Trimester? No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Uh, oh, that could be equally as devastating. That could be just as devastating, for sure. And could leave you without lights sometimes. Um, <laughs> we've been experiencing here in the Northeast. We got news. We got a secret question. And as always, we got Dave the Bearded Menace. May the Schwartz be with us. And also with us. Wait, that doesn't work. TV's Casey. And I'm your host for the evening, Booster Greg. Now that we've gotten all that business out of, out of the way, gentlemen, what happened this week? So I'm holding a three pair of Star... That's a four. Three pair of Star Wars like news tonight. Yep. Um, for all of you who saw that in chat, you win. You win. Um, hey. First off, John Williams has announced that he will no longer, other than episode nine, be scoring any more Star Wars movies. He's officially retired from the franchise. I blame Ryan Johnson. You know... And we talked about this off channel, but after watching The Last Jedi... For the fifth time in 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 IMAX, mm-hmm. I finally seen the light, fellas. Mm-hmm. It's it's not as good as I hoped it would be. It took I you don't. five viewings <laughs> to get that five, five, five viewings. Yeah, I'd rather I, watch trade negotiations. Oh my god! I, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it took me five viewings. Something mm-hmm. about seeing it in IMAX made me realize, you know, they bamboozled me really hard. Yep, you know, like. Maybe it was just a nostalgia factor and certain things they did. Like, I still liked a lot of it. You know, there's certain things I wish I would have done differently. That mm-hmm. I mean, I would have done differently, but yeah, five viewings. Anyway, John Williams, um, as Vishal said, he is retiring. Yep. The last Star Wars mo- movie he will be doing will be Episode Nine. Um, and after that, he's done. John Williams has been part of the Star Wars franchise since his infancy, back in 1977, and he is the reason why. Star Wars pretty much is what it is, you know? Like, yeah, you can say uh, George Lucas wrote, like, a really awesome story and had good special effects, whatever, but it wouldn't be the movie it is without John Williams. That's true. That's very true. And I'm happy to say I got to see him perform live in Star Wars Celebration, and it was like being in the same room as God. <laughs> That's bold. <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe maybe not that to a point, but for a guy like me, it was pretty. It was like being cool. in the same room as Moses. <laughs> he just parted in the New York Philharmonic <laughs> Orchestra. Just he did, whoosh. he did. He parted. He parted the nerdy sea, like nerdy sea. Just that's awesome. That's great. That's great. I mean, it was dope. Like all the room, all the air left the room like instantly when they said John Williams. Everyone just went. <gasps> yeah. And he comes on. And it's like. Whoosh! Blown. It was cool. But on other news yes. involving Star Wars, yes. my second beak of information, and another John also, mm-hmm. um, Marvel Studios alum, John Favreau, will be uh, producing the live-action Star Wars movie that, I'm sorry, not Star Wars movie, Star Wars series mm-hmm. There you go. that will be streaming on Disney's own new uh, streaming service. Mm-hmm. John Favreau's been part of the Marvel Universe since uh, Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who, I guess you could say, spearheaded the Marvel like cinematic universe. And, uh, and Iron Man 3 and Spider-Man Homecoming. He, he did not do Iron Man 3. Happy was... No. What, Happy oh, he was Hogan in it, was but he wasn't He wasn't the director. Yeah, he yeah. didn't direct it. That was Shane Black. Woof. Woof. <laughs> but, you know, he is like he is definitely the Marvel Studios alum. Um, 
Kathleen Kennedy was quoted by quoted saying, I couldn't be more excited about John coming on board to produce and write for the new direct to consumer platform. Yeah, I'm excited. John bring John brings the perfect mix of pro, uh, producing and writing talent combined with a fluency in the Star Wars universe. This series will allow John a chance to work with a diverse group of writers and directors and give Lucasfilms the opportunity to build a robust talent base. So I was paying attention to that robust talent base. I mean, I think they want to also not only build like actors coming out of this, but also different directors. Yeah. Like it'd be kind of kick ass to see like every single episode or series, depending on what they're doing, have a different director, different take, whatever. Yeah. Um, we may see an old Republic. Finally, even Ryan Johnson said he will not be doing an old Republic, anything in his movies. Maybe this is where we'll see with the old Republic. I don't know if I want to see John Favreau do old Republic. Though. I'd rather see him do more like, like a smuggler movie or bounty That'd hunter cool. movie. I mean, it wouldn't be a movie. Remember, it'd be a series. Oh, series. So, yeah. well, yeah. even so, like I, I think he does. Really, he is a great uh, mixture of comedy and seriousness, and I think we saw that in Iron Man one, right, and, and two as well with some like doofy villains, which I really appreciated. Um, I don't know. I would still like to see the um, what do you call it? The Game of Thrones guys do the older Republic. Yeah. Did you guys know that Kathleen Kennedy is kind of catching a little bit of heat for this? Yeah, nerds are not happy because it's a straight white guy. Yeah, and they announced it on International Women's Day, and people have been, like, clamoring for, you know, I don't want to just say, like, a female director, but even something like a female showrunner for a Star Wars show. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll make it more diverse, whatever, and it's just like, more white dudes, man. But, like... He's a good one. He knows. You know what? I mean, I I will say. I don't know. He's like fifty percent good. Iron Man Two is like straight. Oh, dude, I love Iron Man Two. I love Iron Man Two. You can say it's hot garbage all day, but that bird scene—it's fucking incredible. What do you go? That one, my boy, my boy. Like that has like two super like memorable villains for their like in their own way. Um, We get the what is it? Hail to the King mini spin-off movie from that which is awesome um we get to we get to see the beginning no we get hail to the king from from three yeah but it's involving villain from two yeah for one scene which is the best the best well that's that's sam rockwell i mean sam rockwell's just just the man like i fucking love that guy i can never remember his last name i always get mixed up I don't know why. Uh, don't you mean Academy Award Academy winning? Academy Award winning Sam Rockwell. Maybe that'll make me remember his not, name. Not for Iron Man 2, mind you. Not for Iron Man 2. <laughs> Although I love that he does this stupid little dance in every single movie that he's ever done that I've seen. You know what I'm talking about. The Fast Feet? Yeah. I love that. I love it. Um, but no, I mean, like, as, a dire- as a director, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. As yeah. a director, he's Jungle really Hulk? not. I mean, he, I mean, I mean, he has like very, very good winners, but he also has some like okay ones as well like yeah. iron man 2 well he was I liked iron man 2 not letting it go i'm not he, he was that movie so like here's is... the thing here's the thing with this announcement and everything like that um it's obvious that kathleen kennedy thought he was the best person for the job right and i would rather have and again this is coming from a straight white dude i would rather have someone who's better for the job than someone who's fine for the job but ha- is of a different background as a fan of the uh, stuff, as a brown man, and I'll right. say it's like what, I, what I'll say what I said today at work when when I when when like it, when we discovered this. Yeah, 
I don't give a shit. Yeah. When I first heard it was John Favreau, I'm like, oh, that's fucking and, awesome. And also, he's the executive producer. Like, like I have seen so many TV shows gain and lose executive producers over the seasons. Like, he's starting. It doesn't mean he's going to finish with it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's, like, the end-all, be-all for all of eternity for the series. And, like, this series might not even make it off the ground. We don't know. They're announcing yeah, remember producer. when they were talking about the live-action Star Wars show, like, ten years ago? Yeah. Good This time. is different, though. This has, like, this has like Disney fuck you money. It doesn't it. matter, though. I mean, really, you know? like, there's... Disney's I mean, no you, different than any other company. There's probably so many failed things out there. You're correct. Like, content will always be, like, what, um, what will drive this. But, I mean... I don't. I'm excited. I don't. Maybe excited is the wrong word. I look forward to see like what he's going to do. Yeah. I look forward yeah. to see what this series is going to be. I personally like him as a director. Yeah, I do too. Um, he probably he did the proper thing for basically um, for Iron Man, Iron Man Two. I thought. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it was like fantastic. So I'm excited. I want to see where he goes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, obviously, like I'm a little removed from the whole like diversity thing i'm so always like who's gonna do good and that's it um, yeah and like i said like i didn't care yeah i i, I thought it was kind of cool yeah. you know i got upset when i started reading all like the the twitter comments of people that got triggered it's yeah. like jesus well shit in your rice krispies sometimes i think and i don't think it's often but sometimes i think there's some validity when like you know our generation gets called snowflakes because it's like they put two and two together when and sure it should have been handled a little more delicately but, like, they just happened to announce this today. I doubt you someone at Disney was thinking it's International Women's Day. And we're going to make a right. Star Wars announcement. But, right. like, the internet put that that puzzle together and then got pissed off about it. So, I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things. Um, you have one last bit, Dave. My last bit yeah. is, and this is also why, and I agree with you, um, Greg, about not disli- about disliking Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um we got a preview of a deleted scene from Star Wars The Last Jedi where basically Finn fights Captain Phasma and it's a much better what we're looking for. It, exchange of exchange. It explains how Phasma got on the other side of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> we so desperately needed that. You know what? You know a movie is so bad when you get this scene. And, like, some interesting things happen, right? They have an exchange. Um, Finn starts to sow seeds of doubt in the... Um, troopers. They're, what are they? they're not called stormtroopers, are they? Yeah, they're stormtroopers. I thought they had a different... Whatever. So, they're, I mean, they're, they're, fir- they're, they're, they're first, first order, order stormtroopers. Okay. Yeah. I thought they had a different name, but whatever. Um, so it starts to sow seeds of doubt with, like, the whole thing where he's like, I, like, overpowered you with a gun to your head, and you caved. And then, like, all of a sudden, she's looking around. They're getting a little itsy, 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 bitsy fingers kind of things going on. They're starting to question it. And then she takes the whole room out herself. Which is badass. Which is what we have been desperately wanting Phasma to do. It's just something badass. Like, even if it's just, like, six-upping Han Solo kind of thing. Like, it's just... just, Six-upping. I I didn't count how many storms. That's so good. There was a lot. Um, And then... With really bad CG, it shows her getting thrown across the, because it was obviously unfinished, uh, across the spaceship. And you know it's a bad movie when that makes it me feel a little better about that scene. And that shouldn't be. Like, how, like, 
bad CG should not make me feel better about a movie. Right. A 30 second scene should not make me feel that much better about a movie, period. Um, I'm still going to buy it on Blu-ray when it comes out, obviously. Just to complete, yeah. Complete it. I hate it's, this it's, film. It's, it's, I hate it so much. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it, though. I'm still, still going to get it. I mean, you, you can't 4K. have, like, episodes one through seven and then nine. Because people are like, the fuck is eight? You'd be You're like, assuming nine is somehow going to be I mean, better than this. We'll see. I'm being hopeful. I'm, I'm trying to be a, a glass half full kind of guy here, Casey. And you know what? It's like, I, 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 I it's no... It's no secret I'm not a fan of like the prequels, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I still got them. Most most of us yeah, still still got them in some way, shape, or form. If it's yeah. not like physical, like DVD or Blu-ray set, definitely digital. Yeah. Yeah. Phantom Menace on VHS here. Woof. Bought that. Wow. Didn't look back. Nice. Woof. For anyone looking for a very, very, very good prequel cut, um, in chat or listening to us like on all of our other affiliate stations, um. Look on YouTube. You can find it for free. It's called Fall of the Jedi. Someone basically took the th- all three movies of the prequel trilogy and cut them into one giant two and a half hour movie, and it's fantastic. Hmm. It starts with the Darth Maul fight and Qui Gon dying. Wait, isn't that is that what it's called? I thought it was that the Phantom Edit. Which one is it? It's called the uh, the uh, Fall of the Jedi. Okay, yeah, there is something called That's the Phantom a- Edit. I've seen a yeah. few cuts <laughs> of all of. The prequels into one, like, Kill but, Bill, the whole bloody affair type deal. But Fall of the Jedi was, like, because they cut out a lot of BS that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Um, like the first movie. <laughs> they cut yeah. out characters that, that like, I, I don't even, I don't remember seeing Jar Jar Binks until the very end, so he's completely cut out. Um, And other, like, bullshit things that weren't necessary and made it seem, like, much more fucked up. And the way it just transitions from movie to movie is, like, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Casey, what do you got? Uh, so this was something that came across our radar. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is now available for pre-order on Amazon mm, with the, uh, the release date of 12-31-18 or holiday 2018 or if you ask Dot Chris who couldn't be with us tonight, that's just the tentative bullshit date that's eventually going to get pushed back. That's what um, I said. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I thought... I thought he said it. No, I said it. Well, because oh, I, okay. I used to work at GameStop. And the thing with GameStop is they love their pre-orders, right? So they love their pre-orders so much, they will pre-order you a game even if it doesn't have a tentative date. <laughs> so they'll put, and the publishers will give this to, to GameStop too, a date if whenever you see 1-1 one, one in a year or twelve thirty one in a year, you know it's bullshit. You know it's not real. And the fact that that date is so far away lead, would lead me to believe that it's not going to come out this year. I hope I'm wrong. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's coming out this year. Yeah. I mean, look, GameStop still has my pre-order for Daikatana 2. So, oh, God. You know. Oh, God. Just living that life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the big news for Kingdom Hearts 3 is there's not really big news for Kingdom Hearts 3. They, they released... Uh, they made their their Amazon page all nice and pretty, and they put a uh, bullshit date on there. Yay! Yay! Now it's my turn. Nintendo Direct that happened today it was <gasps> a thing. Um, I was exciting. watching it, and a whole lot of nothing, and one major thing. Right, so they have a whole. They were. I didn't know they were still going to make Nintendo 3DS games. I thought they would give oh. that up. Yeah. What? There's a lot of 3DS games coming up. 
they're the doing time um, of the 3ds should be over yep they're still putting things out they're um remaking or they're uh, not remaking i think they're just going to throw the luigi's mansion gamecube version on there okay. with some second screen um stuffs they're doing one of those new uh, i can't remember the name of it it's not very it's like one of those western games i can't remember the name of the guy but they have like this western series that's on there with armadillo that's armadillo that's going on there (laughs) um a couple other things nothing too crazy um they showed off some really cool things uh for the switch you're gonna have the the crash insane trilogy coming to the switch which is the first time that the crash games have been on a non-sony platform right which is neat um, Mario Tennis is coming out with a new iteration, which is really cool. Love me some Mario Tennis. Um, they have a whole bunch of new features. They have um, a Super and an Ultra, essentially. So the Super, uh, each racket has a life bar with three life points on it. A Super, if they block it with a, with a tennis racket, will get rid of one hit bar. Once you lose all your hit bars, you have to use another racket. If you don't have another racket, it's game over. The ultras will demolish it in one move. Game over, man. And you can Game you can over. actually aim it too with uh, using motion controllers, which seems really cool. Uh, it's gonna have all your your typical things. It's gonna have like a normal controller mode. It's gonna have like a tennis racket with motion mode. Um, and then they re- announced some new Square games, uh, including one of your favorites, uh, No More Heroes. Yeah, they got that thing going on. <laughs> Um, they talked about Wario for 3DS as well. And then they said, okay, we're going home. Good night. There's nothing left to talk about here. Go home. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And they go, oh, no way. There is, in like almost like an Apple fashion, there is one more thing we wanted to talk about. And you see, oh, there's some Splatoon stuff too they talk about. And who gives? I don't give a fuck about Splatoon. So then you see the two Splatoon guys like shooting each other and going. And it's like a white background. Then all of a sudden the background goes dark. And it focuses in on the girl. And there's like a red glow coming from behind her. And she turns around and the red glow is coming from a circle. And when that circle comes into focus, it's the Smash Brothers circle. And it zooms in on Mario, zooms in on Link, and zooms in yep. on someone. I don't remember. It's just third. I don't remember who it was. Zooms in on someone else. And then it says Smash Brothers. 2018 and that's it maybe it was you know, sonic mega man i don't know i, don't I thought it was just the two of them maybe it's two of them. maybe i'm making up a third in my brain because i wanted to be third it's probably just the two of them mario looked like he didn't have a mustache <laughs> and sonic's in there well, hey, hey. <laughs> you know the one thing i give on nintendo like it's really good at making friendships but it's very very effective at breaking friendships with oh yeah with Smash Brothers, I've seen so many controllers go through a win- go through a window or wall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so many friendships just end. And Pete, and what makes me the saddest, defenseless pizza is thrown on the floor, you know, yeah. from like Smash Brother games, man. Like, yeah. I, I, I've seen some shit, guys. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I think we all have. There's, more there's... than Mario Party or Mario Kart. Oh man. Oh those, yeah, those. Two. Those are the supreme friendship destroyers. Yeah. Um, I'll give that Mario Kart. I've seen some fucked up shit with a blue shell, and that's ended. Ended like relationships. <laughs> Ended lives. <laughs> People actually died. There, there's no <laughs> real news on Smash Brothers other than that information. So we don't know if it's going to be a brand new title, if it's going to be um, a port from the Wii U to the Switch. 
with reskin we don't Link. Know. We don't know. Um, it, it people are saying that Link looks like it's Breath of the Wild Link, and not. Oh, it's it's definitely you can tell by the hair. Yeah, I didn't really look at it too too hard. Um, because there wasn't a lot of information to go off of. I didn't want to. It's it's like I love Smash Brothers, but it's not one of the things I want to speculate about too much because then I'll just get my hopes up about something that I'm probably gonna get closer to holiday if it comes out then anyways and maybe sleep. It's a lot closer it. than Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah. I don't want another Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I don't need another Kingdom Hearts. No, thank you. That's I'm all set with that. Uh but some pretty interesting stuff coming out of it. Uh Nintendo Direct this time around. Um I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, I can't tell you what I was hoping for, but I just something a little bit more than what we got. Um, and that's that's news. That's what we got to talk about this week. Let's move Woo! right into our first topic: disaster movies. Dun dun dun! Now, in the world. Now this originally like a little a little peek behind the curtain for all you kind of listening and hanging out with us. Um, originally, we were going to talk about the Oscars this week. But nothing really interesting happened in the Oscars. Everyone that we thought was going to win won, right? Yeah. Um, it was great. It was it was a very lovey-dovey kind of show. There were some laughs. There were some tears. There was some, some jet motivational skis. speeches. It was <laughs> even a jet ski. ski at one point. Um, it was wonderful. And that's what we would have talked about. And it would have, the show would have been over by now. So I'm sitting there. Yeah. Uh, because of the snow research, I lost power for two days. Parts of my town still don't have power. Um, my brother lost power for a little more than that. So I'm sitting there freezing my ass off underneath the covers, huddled to the next to the dogs for warmth with like five blankets on me. And I'm just like, man, I really want to watch a disaster movie right now, but I don't have any downloaded. And then I just was kind of like, that might be a good topic for the podcast and uh, quite topical too. So what I want to know is obviously when you talk about disaster movies, everyone has their one that they consider the greatest disaster movie of all time. The one that has all of the elements, no pun intended, uh, built right into it. Ah. What I want to know is what do you consider the greatest disaster movie of all time? And this is going to be a tough one. This is like not even a secret question. This is just normal. You would think it would be a secret question the way I phrased it, but it's not. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> so what do you what do you guys think? The well, greatest. Here's here's my thing, and this yeah. is the 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 pre-show prep that I did. IMDb has a pretty wide berth of what they consider a disaster movie. Okay. Oh, if you steal my answer, Casey, I will definitely teabag you. Probably not. Um, cause I've definitely said what my choice will be on this show before, um, which is Mars attacks because I adore that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but IMDB has it where they've got alien invasion movies, monster movies, and zombie films. I'm going to take out all of those. You want natural disaster. I want films, natural right? disaster. God damn it, Greg. Like children, God children of men you. is on this. That, I just like, want like a straight, like, <laughs> like the elements are against disaster. us. There's not much we can do. Maybe someone has a machine that can do something if you throw it in the right place. God damn That's you. what I want. I don't Cloudy want... Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. That I would consider a disaster <laughs> movie. It's not my choice. It can't be. I don't actually... That'd be a wonderful choice, though. I mean, the director's almost ended like Solo, so, I mean, it, it almost counts. Oh, this is an interesting one on from IMDb. The Final Destination series. 
Really? I mean, I don't know. it like, is technically a series of disasters that most not like the plots. That. It's not world-ending disasters. It's not. It's yeah. a little bit different. Well, I mean, to them it is. To each person True. that died, their world has ended. But no, we're not. We're not going to count that either. I'm talking like extreme temperatures, extreme winds, all that stuff. Meteors, Ooh. asteroids. Okay. Meteors, asteroids. Yes. Oh, my man. Then this is the movie to to end it all and to quell all the discussions. Yes, yes, yes. AKA the first movie I ever cried at. Armageddon. 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 I don't want to close my eyes. Did I steal your answer, Dave? I really hope not. <laughs> you did not. Oh, good. So, uh, hold on. Let me pull up the show notes exactly what points I got to hit on this. Um, <laughs> well, well, why why is it the greatest movie of all time for you? Well, Armageddon's got everything in it. Yeah. First of all, it's got an absolutely incredible cast. Yeah. It's got Bruce Willis. It's got, um, it's got Batman. Yeah. It's got Liv Tyler. Yeah. It's got oh, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> it's got Steve Buscemi straddling a nuke in space. Yeah. Uh, you know, and to like lesser extent, you know, like you're you're not quite a list, but still up there actors. Michael Clark. Duncan. Billy Bob Thornton in Mission Control. Yeah. It's got Peter Stormare, who is oh, I forgot about um, that. the f- the nihilist from Big Lebowski yeah. and other stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's in Fargo and like a million other things. Uh, and Keith David, aka um, and Mike, don't forget voice Michael Clark of, Duncan, voice of Goliath in Gargoyles. Michael Clark Duncan and the voice of Spawn. And Spawn. Oh yeah, Owen Michael Wilson. Clark Duncan's in this movie. And Owen He's Wilson there. is too. The, the biggest, the biggest astronaut yeah. ever in space. Yeah. And was it? Yeah. Yeah, Owen Wilson was in it too. He was. He was a. Yeah, he was the cowboy. Yeah. Who else? Uh, the, the guy from Prison Break. Um, Which one? William Fitchner. Oh yeah. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. AKA the the bank manager from Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and who other else hits. Is in this? Wait, Jason Isaacs is in this movie? Get out oh, of here. Oh, I don't even remember him in there. Yeah, no. Oh, I... and it's got it's got the it's got the PA, yeah, you already said Peter Stormer, the Russian guy. Yeah, I said Peter Stormer. Oh, yeah, like it, this is like jam-packed with people. Yeah, like, it's awesome. You'll you'll look at this movie and you'll be like, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy. I can't believe that guy's in this movie. Yeah. The only person who's like that that's missing from this movie is Gary Oldman, and I'm not entirely unconvinced he's not in it <laughs> in some capacity. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, basic plot of the movie, an asteroid is going to hit Earth, so they send a team of miners or, you know, like oil drillers to go up and destroy the asteroid and break it apart so that it like splits and passes right by the planet because mm-hmm. the thing is is huge what are they it's like bigger than texas right yes they what did say. they yeah. say something i think it's the size, it's the texas, size of texas yeah yeah um so they get this like ragtag bunch of you know misfits like very blue collar guys to get astronaut training go up in space and like and blow this thing up uh two teams one of them doesn't make it. There's plenty of drama up in there. Mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi gets like space crazies, mm-hmm. and he wants to feel the power of the bomb between his legs. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. And amongst it all, there's a romance because Bruce Willis's daughter is in love with his second in command. And there's this heartbreaking scene oh, at the God, end he's cry in front of where us. they they gotta he's draw really straws on who goes. And Ben Affleck pulls the short straw, and Bruce Willis is like, "No, you gotta go marry my daughter." Oh my god! 
I don't want to close my eyes. Yep, and, then, oh, and then Aerosmith comes in. And that like, song came on on oh, random God. a couple days ago at work, and I just walked up and just <laughs> just skipped it. I heard that song way too much. Yeah. Back when more, it came out. Back more, when Fye was still a thing. <laughs> on a more serious note, I don't actually know if it's a good film. It certainly has a lot of summer blockbuster elements. And it's it's a Michael Bay film. Michael what, Bay films are like nineteen ninety eight. This is when like the dawn of the summer blockbuster was like yeah. bigger than it's ever been. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know you know, so, you know, you know what know, else came out in nineteen ninety eight? Independence Day? Deep Impact. Oh yeah, yep. the Dueling other asteroid movie. <laughs> it's the more cerebral one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one is up there for me. Um, it's actually I'm gonna say this is my serious all time favorite um, disaster movie. Uh, it has Robert Duvall, it has Taylor Leone, it has Elijah Wood, it has Morgan Freeman, James Cromwell, John Favreau, uh, Richard Schiff, and Lily Sobieski, oh, and Blair right. Underwood, it. and Duggery Scott. So it has got a lot of like pretty good names on there um and i just remember like the scene where like she's hugging her father and they just got consumed by a wave oh yeah like this movie was fucking like great and it it's like so interesting they came out right at the same time i don't remember which one came out first but i remember they came out in the same year that does happen a lot like um i think one year it was Red Planet and another Mars movie that came out around the same time. It was oh, like two yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. What was the second Go. one? Mission to Mars. That's it. Mission yep, to Mars. Yep, you're yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's because even though like they both deal with the same subject matter, Deep Impact and Armageddon, much Deep, different movies. De- yeah, like D- Deep Impact was much more heartfelt. Yeah. Like you wanted to see everyone survive, and then like I think the when when the when the asteroid like hits. Yeah. In Deep Impact, it's much more terrifying. Yeah, and the, and the thing about Deep Impact that I think makes it like the I think the best uh, disaster movie is they show the cities actually getting really fucked up by them. Yeah, like really, like it, it's um, it's not a Michael Bay movie. Although you would be led to believe it is based on like the the trailers and the and the disasters and stuff like that. But you just see these cities getting consumed. And you're like, oh god. That's terrifying. And Morgan Freeman as the president. And Morgan Freeman as the president. Yeah, that's that's a world yep. I want to live in. We will endeavor. I was going to say that. We will carry on. Um, my <laughs> joke favorite disaster movie is The Perfect Storm. I have okay. never seen that. Because I've seen it a Mark very Wahlberg, long you time pe- ago. You piece of shit. But, but mostly because my boy Mark Wahlberg's in there. So, got to give him that shout Do out. the thing. Do the thing, Greg. Do the, do the thing. thing. Do the thing, guy. All right. I'm just going to talk to the re- like the rest of the episode. Like, is that right? So we're, we're going to go over to uh, Dave. Dave, what's your favorite uh, disaster movie of all time? All right, kid. So my favorite, and it's a very serious movie. It's called The Road, starring in Viggo Mortensen. That's not a disaster it movie. It is. No, it's, it's it not. It takes place. Yeah, it takes place after a disaster, a global disaster. That's not a disaster movie. I'm not. I'm not. Dude, that. if that was the case, I would have picked Mad Max in a yeah, heartbeat. That's that doesn't count. I'm 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 vetoing that decision. Oh it's, come on! Also, do. I'm calling you out, Greg. Before we get to Dave's, yeah. Uh, your favorite Mark Wahlberg disaster movie? It's is not, not. It doesn't count happening. either. That's why it's a joke one. Yeah. That's why I brought out Deep Impact because it's it's right, only if a disaster. I have to pick a disaster him. movie. Wait, no, that's not even a disaster movie either because it doesn't count. I was gonna say Independence Day, but no, that has aliens. Yeah. yeah, I said no all aliens right. or zombies. There's a movie that came out. There's a movie that came out. Uh, oh my god, back in the '80s, it's called The Day After. Um, very terrifying because it's about nuclear war. Ooh, and 
Yeah, and it's fucking scary because you know, like it's just it's just bombs go off pretty much, and people hiding in like cellars and whatnot. Like the 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 Cold War is getting really really fucking thick. Mm-hmm. Um, starts um Steve Gutenberg actually he's actually kind of serious in the role. Um, but it shows like the disaster, the aftermath, people dying of radiation poisoning. Um, and it just does a really good just job of showing what it would be like in many ways, and one of the most Probably the saddest part is, like, these people go in the bomb shelter, right, when the bombs are about to drop, but they forget to bring their dog into the bomb shelter, but they just leave their dog outside barking and, like, crying as, like, the freaking, like, bombs I can't handle that. I'm out. Yeah. It's a made-for-TV movie, too. It, yeah, it's made-for-TV, but it was done really yeah. well. Um, um, But if I had my choice of actual what I would choose for a disaster movie, hands down, Night of the Living Dead. That's not a disaster movie. We didn't count that. It's it's global. People die. No zombies. I already said no zombies. Hey, I know. Uh, if I had my rules. choice, if Hold I on, had my choice, Okan, my boy over here, yeah, or or lady, not sure. Uh, sunshine. Ooh, that counts. Ooh. I yeah. well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the sun is dying. Technically, yeah. it is a natural disaster. Yeah. but I adore that movie. That was a great. movie. I love it. Yeah. It's got it's got Chris Evans, Captain America, mm-hmm. in a truly heroic role. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's got it's got, it's, it's got, got Scarecrow, Cillian yeah. Murphy. Yeah, Captain America and the Scarecrow team up to reignite the sun. So good, so great. <laughs> With um, uh, Moira McTaggart, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah? She's in that movie. Yeah, Rose Byrne. Yeah. Uh, and, and, for and Wong. Wong. I do want to give movie, an, I do want to give a quick shout out to like Ocon. See this little rebel symbol. He gave it to me. Well, you you so. could have saved that for the Star Wars portion of this. Way to be topical. Forget there. what I said. Way to be topical. Forget what I said. Um, notable mentions coming from the chat. We have Twister, which is a classic. Like oh, Helen Debris. Hunt. Yeah. What's the, what's the other guy's name? Fuck. What's his name? He died. I feel so bad. I don't remember his name right now. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Thank you. Bill Pullman. Yeah, thank you. Bill. Not Bill Pullman. Get out of here. He's still alive and well. Um. <laughs> Uh, I'm I cheated a little bit. I'm looking at the list right now too. Uh, some great mentions that we didn't talk about: Dante's Peak, James Bond, Pierce Brosnan himself versus a volcano. Oh yeah, I forgot one. about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the day after tomorrow, which is like the definition of it, where everything freezes or burns. That's pretty great. Pretty much. Um, and you'll have like the core. I forgot about the core. Oh, that's another thing too. Volcano. Volcano. Came out in 1997. Where um, Dante's Peak was also 1997. Ah, so these disaster movies—they just like kind of come out in pairs over there. I, I like to think that there are like like disaster movie spies that like are in Hollywood, and when as soon as one studio is about to make one, they run over to the studio that the spy works for, and they tell them, and they scramble to make another one because there's always one that's clearly better than the other and a little more well thought out. Like, I love Armageddon, but it's not quite as well thought out as, like, Deep Impact with the story and the humanity. They were just like, yeah, yeah. just throw Bruce Willis in space. <laughs> Give him chain guns because yeah. we can. Yeah, exactly. We need it for space stuff. So with all that being said, <laughs> with all that being said. Science, space. What, uh, what is the worst disaster movie of all time? I'm just going to go ahead and say. The movie that's called the Disaster Movie, which came out when they were doing all those spoofs. Oh my God! It's that. Uh, um, it's it's like the scary date movie. movie and yeah. What is it? The uh, Wayne's Brothers. Aaron and Seltzer. Those movies. Yeah. 
Those horrible, horrible. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say disaster movie is the worst disaster movie of all time. Uh, From the chat, we have Boulevard Gaming come busting out the the big gun saying Sharknado. No, Sharknado is too awesome to be terrible. (laughs) No, it is not. I've never seen it. It is not. You you eat your words, Casey. No. Go to your room. If Sharknado was really that bad, would there be five sequels? I ask you. I could. Okay. I love a bad movie. I will sit through a bad movie and enjoy it. I sat through The Room and thought it was kind of funny, you know, because it was so bad it was good. I couldn't make it 15 minutes into Sharknado, and I don't know why. See, you haven't lived until you've seen Sharknado 5, Global Swarming, okay? (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, there's, look, there's a very clear audience for this. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's us. I'm a part of it. I'm, listen... I'm 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 gonna I'll fight you on this one, man. I will fight you. Nobody takes nobody puts Sharknado in a corner. Nobody. <laughs> this guy, this fucking guy. Um. What what do you what else you guys got? Is you, worst, for worse? I don't think nothing really tops those two. Okay, okay, we'll move right along. Because like any disaster movie is good and bad in its own way. Right, right, right. Like even 2012, like as for as bad as they did shit in there, it was still kind of entertaining. Right, you know. Yeah. It's like all this stuff's happening at once. Get the fuck out of here. But it was still kind of like fun to watch in many ways. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, here's what I want you to do. This is gonna be the last point. I'm gonna I'm gonna condense it a little bit from the notes, uh, just for sake of time. I want you guys to create the perfect disaster movie. So all I want to know, I'm gonna get rid of some of these points that I have on here, just just timing wise, right? So I want to know who is the star. Who is the best friend that inevitably dies? And what kind of storm is it? And you don't have to say like, oh, it's like a windstorm. I want you to be creative. I want to know like the details. What is what is the ramifications? Are there sharks inside of it? Like what? Like I want to want you to go bonkers with this. Okay. So a tornado yeah. hits a freaking like um hospital okay. where they treat patients with AIDS okay. and it makes an AIDS tornado. AIDS NATO. That's like the AIDS NATO and it's going across the country and it's full of like razors and hypodermic needles and like fetuses and blood. Fetuses? And shit. Where did the fetuses come from? You know what? When you have that much AIDS in a tornado mixing in that type of beaker, something's going to grow. I'm just saying. Are you going to have like finds the, a way, the Akira Greg. giant life baby made of AIDS? Life finds a way, Greg. Oh, right? Don't deny this. Oh, God. Okay, um, so, okay, so who's Sharknado the star? out, AIDS NATO in. <laughs> yep, that's AIDS the takeaway from tonight. Uh, that, that's right. what we learned tonight. Yep. Okay. Oh, God, we're getting banned tonight. Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, who's okay. the star? So, AIDS NATO. Um, the star is going to be the Bad Cody Funky Crew. No. no. Um, Boo. Boo. Cop out. Sergio Funky can't act. Have you pandering. seen him on the show? <laughs> this talks about Eddie Murphy all day. I don't get it. <laughs> um, oh, Shrek. Jean-Claude Van Damme. He'll be Ooh, the star. I like Retired it. action star Jean-Claude Van Damme. I like it. Trying to punch an AIDS tornado. And he basically tries to fight it by kicking it, you know? But it doesn't work. So he does, like, a big training montage with... Kudos for not going for train. the easy answer, like Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, I'm going, yeah, I'm he's going already complete cheese. I'm going complete cheese with. I'm going complete cheese with this. So... So it's like it's Jean Claude Van Damme is a star. Yeah, who's the best? And he's gonna that fight the AIDS dies. tornado, and he's gonna find a way to to like make it become human, so he can fight it man to man. And his training partner is ooh, who can I else pull from the world of cheese? The Predator. No, no. no it's gotta be no, an actor. No. 
Not a character. Yeah. The Predator is an actor. <laughs> He's not get out of here. Are you kidding me? And his training partner is none other than Bruce Campbell. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. So Bruce Campbell helps him helps him fight and train to defeat the, the AIDS NATO and finally find a way to use a spell that they got from a wizard played by... Uh, who could be a good wizard? Come on, guys. We got we to keep this on. We're going to be a good wizard. No, we're I mean, be a good you wizard. answered everything. So now you're, just, now you're going crazy. Yeah. Well, yes. It's, it isn't be a cheesy. The wizard will be Fred Savage. in a movie about an AIDS NATO. Just All right, yeah. Fred work. Savage is the wizard. Yeah. So basically, you Fred, they have to go get Fred Savage to make the AIDS NATO into a person for at least four hours, so that Jean Claude Van Damme can fight him and defeat him and win. Okay. I'm so done with this idea. There you go. I'm completely over it. Casey. <sighs> Mine is super easy because I completely cheated. Yeah. Um. Mine is the next film in the X-Men franchise, oh, so God. anybody that it previously starred... No, just just, just the end there. My my next disaster movie is yeah. about the next X-Men movie. <laughs> another X-Men movie. Is film. another X-Men movie. Yeah, just without uh, Jennifer Lawrence because... Or maybe she can die, but here's the thing. But that's what makes it a disaster. Here's, here's my disaster movie. Yeah. Magneto and his acolytes, or Brotherhood of Mutants, have opted to leave Earth... In a in a space station, you know, asteroid M, <laughs> and in oh, a final act in, of revenge with the X, that the X Men must stop, he's adjusting Earth's magnetic poles and throwing the moon into the Earth, because apparently the moon has a lot of titanium in this. I did my scientific homework. Oh, good. So as long as you Googled it, we're fine. Yeah, as long as I, yeah. <laughs> Don't actually know if titanium is magnetic, but fuck it. Magneto cheats all the time. Yeah, that sure. dude can magnetize pocket change, so who cares? So the X-Men have to stop Magneto from literally throwing the moon into Earth. I've never seen a movie where the moon is going to collide with Earth. I've always kind of wanted have. to see one, and I figured, why not throw the X-Men in the mix? Because, you know, makes it easy to answer the question. Yeah, so. okay. If we weren't pressed for time, I wouldn't allow it, but... Yeah, well, Whatever. listen, it's no AIDS NATO, but yeah. what are you going to do? I don't think anything will ever and, be AIDS NATO, though. <laughs> and you know what? The villain that AIDS NATO turns into is, I'll pull it from the chat, Christopher Walken. Oh, come on. God. Why is he even And the to... best friend, the best friend is going to be Bruce Campbell, who was his friend all along and training partner, and they become best friends. Wait, he becomes best friends to the AIDS tornado? No, no, no. Jean-Claude yeah, Van Damme already, becomes already said best, that's best friend. Best friend, I thought. No, I said that's his training. His trainer. Oh, uh, okay. I misunderstood. He trains him to fight the AIDS NATO, but by becoming his trainer, they become best friends, ah, and his friend dies. I see. And it makes him go in rage. I see. And he fights the AIDS NATO, which is Christopher Walken. Okay. All right. Um, mine is going to be a giant tsunami, like a single tidal wave that wipes. It goes starts from one end of the Earth and goes all the way around. Um, but inside of it is not only the contents of the world, but, and I'm stealing this from Adam, is primarily made out of cats. You gave me the best <laughs> idea for a disaster movie. What's that? That will take me two seconds to tell you about when you're yeah. done. Uh, so it's made of cats, um, primarily. <laughs> so instead of hearing, like, the whoosh of the ocean, you just hear cats screaming, like, like doing, like, their... <laughs> meowing as if they're like gonna kill everything they're murderous cats um that's what it is it's going to be starring oh shit who's gonna star who's gonna be taking it on i'm going to say um 
<laughs> Helen Hunt, because she's classic, <laughs> classic disaster movie vet, Helen Hunt. <laughs> and just because I'm a sucker uh, for reunions, we're going to have uh, Paul Reiser be the plucky best friend oh, who ends up inevitably dying. Um, and that's that's just what's going to happen. But he's, he's going to die because he's allergic to cats. He, he never actually gets consumed by it. But by the time he can see it, so much cat dander is in the air, he goes into anaphylactic shock and just drops he dies dead. Of dies of exposure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, are you ready for I'm this? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So you know how, like, imagine this. You know the Universal logo, how it pans over the horizon of Earth? Yeah. Like you see the oh, God. background. So that's how the trailer starts, right? And that destroys the Earth. No, yeah, the Universal, Universal logo just collides into Earth. No. <laughs> zoom out. Zoom out. Then you hear horns. Katamari Damashi oh, in God. live action. <laughs> so one tiny alien prince rolling his ball of sticky whatever over every single thing on Earth. That's an interesting way to phrase that. Well, I don't a sticky you know, ball of whatever. He's got a sticky ball that sticks to stuff and it rolls over things. I know. Well, we've all we've all had that, we've all had that so. at one point or another. You know. Oh man. Um. Okay. End topic one disaster movies official done official graceful end we did it we nailed, nailed it. it we went on to that longer than I thought we would topic two uh, for those of you who don't know Star Wars Rebels has ended this week it's been going on Yarr. for um, since October third twenty fourteen uh, if you've never watched this I I would highly recommend it much to Serge's uh, chagrin I definitely recommend it. Give you an idea of where it takes place in the timeline. If you ever want to go for like that super marathon, um, this takes place 14 years after episode three and five years before episode four. That's when episode yeah. one takes place of this. Um, it focuses on a group of rebels that are zipping around the galaxy, fighting the Empire and trying to restore independence to the Thal and the galaxy. Um, there's Dave's necklace for those of you watching on twitch.tv slash backkatyfunky each and every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Got that in there. Love it. Um, the main characters are Ezra uh, Bridger, who is a um, Aladdin More type. More sensitive, native Lothalian. Yeah, yeah. He's from Lothal. He's got, he's got that Aladdin vibe. He's an orphan. He lives um, by stealing food, essentially, getting what he want, needs. Um, Kanan Jarrus, who is a smuggler. Uh, we later learn was is a, one of the last remaining, not even Jedi. He's a, he, they call him a Jedi, but he's not really a Jedi. He's a, he's, he's a Padawan, surviving Padawan who booked it as soon as Order 66. Like, didn't they say that he was like, he was there when it kind of happened? And he just like ran away. So like he saw. Well, yeah, like he saw. It. No, no. He saw like the troopers turn on his master. Oh, okay. Okay. And then he took off. Okay. Um, and she was like, leave, go. And he's like, fuck. Yeah. So. Harrison Dula, uh, who is the, the captain of this crew, essentially. Um, super talented pilot, um, very well respected. She's name dropped in Rogue One, if you're paying attention. Uh, yeah. Sabine Wren, spelled W-R-E-N, no relation to Kylo in any way, shape, or form that we know of yet. Um, she is a Mandalorian um, who kind of starts off with as being like this punk little girl uh, with like an Avril Lavigne style to her. You have Zeb, who is actually, if you look at him, um, for those of you watching right now, I got a little figure for you to see. Uh, based on the original design for Chewie. Of Chewbacca. So that's really cool. Uh, and then you have Chopper, who is their droid, who is like a drunken, surlier R2-D2. 
old yeah old R two D two. Uh, there we go. He's also based off the original designs of R2-D2. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, guys, do you like Rebels? Yes or no? Yes. I love Rebels. Yes. Casey. That, that was not always the case, but yes. Okay. As of the past two seasons, I really did fall in love with the show. Yeah. Um, I was... Season one took me a bit. Um, mostly because I, I just finished Clone Wars, and I was really into Clone Wars. And then episode one, season one of Rebels is not great. Um, yeah, but I've I've kind of noticed that um, Star Wars stories do this where it starts off not great and then it evolves. It gets really dark pretty quick. And all of a sudden you're in a completely different show and you don't even recognize anyone anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, I like Rebels, too. What is what do you think the biggest problem with Rebels is like why people like Surge um, and a lot of other people just don't like it? Um. Too cartoony in many ways. Okay. Like I know, it's tough because Star Wars originally was made for like young adults and kids in many mm-hmm. ways. Um, the reason why it survived so long isn't because the fans kept it alive, the movies alive. It's just the merchandising behind Star Wars has kept it alive for so many years. Okay. Um, and a lot of people, and Serge isn't the only one that says right. it. A lot of people feel the character design was they were specifically made to sell toys. Sure. And yeah. And you can see it by looking at them. They look kind of like they would be toys yeah. in many ways. Um, and every season, they all look different, sell more toys. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just mostly that. But I know a lot of people that hated Clone Wars also for a lot of the same reasons. You know, they didn't like the art style or didn't like like the, where the story was going or how the characters acted, stuff like that. Um, and there's And for the diehard fans, a lot of people don't like that there's no um, Starkiller. Well, well, he's old. He doesn't. He's not in continuity anymore. No, he's not. He's not. But he was, and that's what a lot of people don't like. They're like, "Oh, they could have put Star Killer in this. That would have been great." Fuck Star. Um, who, who actually likes Star oh, Killer like Star- as a character? I, like Star Killer. I know Star- a lot. Star Killer like is Star a Killer better Kylo Ren. He's got the yeah. anger. He's got the power. He doesn't even need that doofy mask. Like, like <laughs> this is. I think this is a big reason why. But he holds his lightsaber the wrong I love way. It. I, yeah, but so there's no that, wrong. There is no wrong way to hold that, a lightsaber. Shien style is the wrongest way to hold. That a that is also how Ahsoka holds her lightsabers. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't say it. she wasn't wrong, but you know. <laughs> so I, I think this is why I hate Kylo Ren so much is because like everyone's like, oh, but he's so angry, he doesn't have control, and blah blah blah. But like, they did it before and they did it fine. They did it with Starkiller. He didn't have any control. That dude just blacked out rage and did that anime scream as he's rushing in towards battle and like disassembling Star Destroyers with his the Force using his hands. Like a buddy cool. of mine said it best. He is what's equivalent of a Force wrecking ball. Yeah, like yeah, he's just in there to fuck shit up. Like he's what, and it's and it, he's like basically like and you can see it. What the Force is meant to be from a dark side user, yeah. just uncontrollable rage and anger and destruction yep. and just unstoppable force He's just cool is what it boils down to just just yeah. cool um casey what do you did you say what you think the biggest problem is for with rebels uh well it takes a while to really get going yeah. and there are a lot of like goofy things in it that really make you question is this any good or yeah. something like that you know for me it once Vader entered the show as the antagonist of season two, I was kind of excited yeah. because 
before Rogue One came out, you know, again, reading the Expanded Universe, you do get to see Vader be, like, a huge badass, but if you haven't seen that kind of thing, you know, from the movies or whatever, and you're just jumping into the show, they do stuff with him where he fights Ezra and Kanan at the same time and easily handles them, mm-hmm. you know, because yep. they're both barely trained, but... They together they they throw like an ATST on top of him and he's like completely unharmed. Yeah. He just like he holds raises his... it up with one hand. So cool. So he's cool. he and he's just as imposing and they have James Earl Jones voice him and yeah. it's it's super good. Um but the Vader thing doesn't really take off until we see the return of Ahsoka, which right. is super incredible. Like yep. she's I guess bleached her lightsabers. Well, do, do you know the story behind those? From, yeah. So like yeah yeah wasn't that so it, it's, yeah. it's in it's in the book I actually listened to the audio book because I was super interested to find out more about Ahsoka, um, her lightsabers the crystals were actually from the Inquisitors an Inquisitor that she fought, she took them and purified them herself, and they went white which is like the purest form those the Kyber crystals can take, she built new hilts for them and then just started using them, which shows like how powerful yeah. she is man like. It's fucking badass. She's good. And she has a she has a pretty excellent showdown with Vader where she unmasks him. Yeah. She finds out his identity through telepathy, yeah. you know. And it's just very good. And that's just the end of season two. Season three, you get more stuff with the Bendu. You get uh, stuff with Maul returning. Oh, that was yeah. really cool. And then season four, you get Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh, Thrawn is just the Taking them all on. And he's the absolute coolest. Yeah. And the um, way he just talks, he just sounds like the devil. Oh, man. Yeah, he he's he, it's uh, Mads M- Michelson's brother. So really, yeah, it sounds just that's why he sounds just like him. Yeah. He sounds yeah. like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, oh, he's so cool. <laughs> but the, every season they found a way to to ramp it up and get you a little more engrossed by pulling things from the universe that they knew people really liked. Yeah. Yeah. The first season lacks any of that because it's all about establishing these characters in their own way and where they fit right. in the lore. Right. So that's. You know, it's like watching Buffy. The first season of Buffy is no good because it's all establishing stuff and figuring out who everybody is. But by the second season, you get evil boyfriends, you know, third season, evil mayor, evil clandestine organizations. Like, they just keep building on the stuff that's already established. And that's how Rebels turns itself around. Yeah, I'm going to agree. So I'm going to agree with uh, both of you. I, I think it's it's inability to um, separate itself from the stereotypical kids show is what holds it back from time to time. Yeah. And like, Oh, people get decapitated. It's, oh yeah. It's sick. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, what best favorite scene? Oh God. Hands down. When I'm, I'm stealing it for you, Greg, probably, but um, when Obi-Wan and, and, and oh, Maul fight each other. Yep. That was mine too. Yeah, so <laughs> Just cause cool. And I and me and Serge have gone back and oh, forth. Oh, I can with imagine because he hates us with a passion anyway. So anytime that he doesn't see something he doesn't like, he won't try to like think about it yeah. for a minute. It was like this is and, garbage. And I, I told him like the way I looked at it is like yeah, if you ever seen a, a Kurosawa film or you ever seen samurai yeah. fight in a movie, you know they're not clanging, the sword's not going nuts. It's like a sword is drawn, they're going back and forth, and then just one swoof, just move, yeah. and then it just ends. Yeah. You know, and it was like watching two samurai and the way they like positioned their feet the way they did their thing and like how how obi-wan from his like his old stance mm-hmm. to like the new stance like his like classic stance like this pretty mm-hmm. much and maul was going to use the same trick hit him in the face and then like get him in the like the stomach with the lightsaber yeah. 
and like and freaking the Obi-Wan just like cuts right through him. You know? Mm, yeah. And like a typical Jedi, he was sad he did it. Yep. He was sad that he fought Maul. He was sad he killed Maul. He's like, this is done. We don't need to do this anymore. Like he says he even says look like Maul says, look what you've um what do you say to him? Look what you've become and then Obi Wan says, Look what I've outgrown or look what I've over or, or like you know yeah. what I mean? Like he says, like I've outgrown you. Like I have no wish to fight you. I have no reason to fight you. If that's what makes you who you are, fine. Knock yourself out. But yeah. I have no reason to fight until like Maul figured out he's he's there to protect Luke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was such a great, powerful scene. Just oh man, my favorite moment. I guess uh, that's definitely one of them. But I think the one where I was really I. I saw this and I was like, oh, I'm so buckled in for whatever else this show has in store is when they find Ahsoka and they go, she goes, oh, we have to find an old, some old friends of mine. Oh, yeah. And they, yeah. Get the, they get the clones that figured out that they were implanted with the chip and they took it out. Wolf Rex and Wolf, Gregor. Wolf Rex and Gregor. Oh, they're so something about that. I really love about Clone Wars. Um is that it's a very interesting kind of take on humanity. The people, the actual like traditional aliens and the traditional people that were not cloned or anything have less personality than the droids and the clones. The droids and the clones, uh, I think were very interesting. The droids all look the same and they are just all, they act the same, but they're ridiculous over the top and, and very goofy. The clones, Roger, Roger. because they all look the same, have to differentiate them. They don't have to, but they choose to differentiate themselves. Um, for a lot of what you see, that's how you got like it was a D squad or whatever they were called. Um, you got those guys who were, who were just like the the rejects, bottom of the barrel. The DNA was getting stretched too thin, but they ended up being yeah. like a really big help. And I think that's where Wolf came from. No, well, it wasn't Wolf. It was the other Gregor. guy, Gregor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, so you get to see like a, the whole range. You see Wolf, Gregor, and Rex, and Rex was like the golden child in terms of like the clones. Like he was the one that was always yep. by Obi-Wan's side, the one that you could mm-hmm. always rely on. And the fact that these guys survived this long was just really cool. And I thought that for sure they were going to forget all about Clone Wars and just move right along except for Ahsoka. But they didn't. They brought in the clones. And, you know, Rex survived. Yep. And I think that's very interesting that they kind of went this this route. Um, favorite member of the main crew. So, oh, wait, I didn't get to say my oh, favorite sorry. moment. Oh, favorite moment. So, I already talked about uh, how the Ahsoka Vader fight, she clips him in the face, yep. um, which is awesome. But the coolest part about that is, I think it's the first time we ever see Vader's Sith eyes. Yep. At, like, as, you know, okay. Vader, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in the suit. But it's also got um, Matt Lanter's voice from Clone mm-hmm. Wars doubled yep. over the, the Vader speak. Yeah. Which was a, a super cool touch. Um, the other one, not an action scene like you guys picked, but for me, the maybe the best scene in season four of Rebels is when you finally get to have Hera kiss Kanan. Oh, that was really yeah. cool. Yeah. They teased it a couple of so times. Many times. They teased it. Yeah, and this is also like one of the biggest flaws I have with the new trilogy is that like there's a real lack of romance. Um I just wanted that to happen so bad. Yeah. Like, they were doing the will-they-won't-they they thing for years now, and I'm just like, fucking get it, man. And he did more than kiss her by by what we find out in the finale. And I but, didn't think that was possible. Yeah, I, we'll talk about it. But but that kiss scene, the music playing, the way it's framed, yeah. 
everything about it that's classic Star Wars, and I love yeah. it. His new look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite character from the main crew? Uh, so when oof. I say main crew, we're talking Zeb, we're talking Ezra, we're talking Hera, we're talking Sabine, we're talking Kanan, we're talking Chop. Mine is far and away Kanan Jarrus because he gets the most backstory of any, out of anybody. He's had a, a 12-part comic book series, which inc- really incredible. Um, I recommend everybody reads it. Uh, I got it. Very, very good. Yeah, it, it follows him from as soon as the purge starts, his training with his master, you know, Depa Bilba. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes to how he goes from being Caleb Doom, Jedi Padawan, to Kanan Jarrus, smuggler, bounty hunter. Like, he kind of tests the waters of where he fits into the galaxy before he eventually falls in line with Hera and the Rebellion. Yeah. Mm. You know? Uh, also, his character arc through the whole thing... Uh, Having to, you know, reconnect with the Force. Very similar to story like Ulic Keldroma from um, Old Republic stuff and the old EU, which I always liked. Uh, training a new Padawan, you know, relearning the ways of the Force. Overcoming blindness so cool. and becoming, like, a real, like, ancient master blind fighting type. Like, yep. so cool. Yeah. Everything with the Jedi Temple Guards... Just, I love it. I love everything about what it. I, what I find super interesting about Rebels and even Clone Wars is it builds out the universe in a way that the, that the movies can't because of the limitations on time. Which right. Which is why I really, really like it. You get to see like a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on while the main people are doing their thing, um, which is fucking great. Dave, favorite main crew? Believe it or not, Sabine. Really? Why? I, one, I love the Mandalorians. Yeah. Um, in the Star Wars universe, I want to say they're the closest that come to where a culture of like Native Americans stuff like that. They're just they're warriors. They fight. It's what they do, yeah. you know. And um, and how their armor is like passed down from like generation to generation has to be forged. Yeah. And I just like I like I like that she's like artsy. She's a warrior, but she's like really really artsy. Likes to like paint and draw and do yeah. shit. Um, and I kind of like kind of she like, creates um, the Rebel Starbird. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I and I just kind of like um, what was gonna say. It just like tugged the heartstrings yeah. a little bit, you know what I mean? So like I liked her. She, she grew cool. up a lot too over um, the past. Yeah, years. she started from like a bratty little bitch yeah. to like just a badass, fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite's Kanan as well. I mean, I, I've said this numerous times in the show. He, the two things I love most in the Star Wars universe are scoundrels and force users, <laughs> and he's, and he's both. both. And it's fucking incredible. And he's got a touch of Obi-Wan in him, too, especially towards the end there, um, which Gross. I really, really dig. <laughs> um, favorite character that's not part of, like, the main crew at all. There's, like, a rich tapestry to choose from. So I'll start off just kind of get everyone going. Uh, Hondo is my favorite. Hondo. Oh, God. I forgot about Hondo. by Jim Cummings is a space pirate. And he's just a dirtbag, and I fucking love him for it. And he's got that, um, he's got that little pig, like pig man. That's his like best friend. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck it, it's just great. And he's he's always like whenever he shows up, you know it's not going to be any good uh, for anyone, except in the last episode where he has this like line, and it it just like it got me. Where Ezra like recruits his help, and he's like, "I'll do anything for that guy." 
Like I'll do anything for that. Oh yeah. Like he's the best. Like, and you just know that Hondo doesn't respect a lot of things. I don't think he respects anything, but he respected Ezra. He respects Ezra, which was really cool. Uh, So that's, that's my favorite. Um, Second, like a runner up. Fuck. I can't remember his name. Um, the bad guy from season one. Agent Callus. His uh, story arc. With his sweet mutton chops. Oh, like, but as soon as he grows out his hair, though, it just fits a lot better. Yeah. But um, he, like, he went from being a complete tool bag until he was on that planet with Zeb. And they were both marooned oh, there. Oh, yeah. And, and Zeb f- saved his life. And they just helped each other. Yeah. And yeah. that's where like you saw the turning point for him. So those two are just like top of the line for me. What about you guys? Do you have villains as a separate category, or we can talk about? Oh, we'll, we'll incorporate villains into this if if you want. Okay, because yeah. that would that that's my choice for this one. Yeah. Um, the the first Grand Inquisitor. Okay, I was gonna say that. Fuck you. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh-huh. you can go with him. I've got other choices, but the reason I like the Inquisitor, not just because he carries himself in that cool, calculated way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a neato lightsaber, just like Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Um. In the Vader comics that are being published by Marvel right now, we get to see the side of him, why he turned to the dark side. Mm. Um, oh. It was because he was denied knowledge by Jocasta Nu. Mm. All he wanted to do was study everything he could get his hands on in the Jedi archives. And just this growing, res- this resentment just grew and built inside of him as there was knowledge limited only to masters. Ugh. And that pushed him over the Let edge. the guy read a book. What the fuck? You know, I, listen, the Jedi are their own worst enemies. They really are. They're and sure. I don't say that just because we've got a Sith on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Dave, tell me why you like him. Because um, sh- you got to see like how powerful like these alkalites of the dark side can be without being a true Sith Lord. Right. Um, which is something that I guess you could say is covered like in the in the Old Republic games and novels and whatnot. But he's... He's just basically like a, a a freaking like attack dog. He's not never he's never going to be a Sith Lord. He's not meant to be a Lord. He has authority because of his rank. But all in all, he is still like Vader's bitch in many ways. Yeah. Um, he's powerful. He's strong. He's a fantastic fighter. He's very cold and calculated. He doesn't use rage as much as like Vader would, or rage as much as like Darth Maul does. Um, but he's a good balance of just dark side and just knowledge. Yeah. Um. So in the second to last episode, they introduced something brand new to the Star Wars universe. And before I even watched it, like all my social medias were going crazy. They just introduced this, and it could be a game changer for the Star Wars universe. Um, Ezra finds a, a new temple or a gateway to what he thinks is going to be a new temple. He goes through the portal. And he's in Tron all of a sudden. It's just black pretty much, and yeah. light bridges as far as the eye can see with some portals. Ezra fights for the users. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he's drawn to um, this particular portal. And when it opens, he sees um, Vader fighting Ahsoka Tano. 
and the, uh, that little owl that always pals around with Ahsoka is kind of hanging out there too. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And finally, he just reaches in and pulls Ahsoka out of that fight before she's... As Vader gets crushed by an yep. entire temple. Yeah. Um, so they introduced the, the concept of time travel in Star Wars. When you guys saw this, what did you think? I was more shocked by the Emperor using Sith sorcery for the yeah. first yeah. time than I was, yeah, about actual time travel in Star yeah. Wars. Um... I think it's interesting. I think, you know, like any good time travel story, because, I mean, Greg, you and I have been reading comics for years, and it's not like one of us' favorite superheroes is no, a time traveler, first and foremost, no. or anything. Yeah, so, I mean, we know the ramifications <laughs> and what kind of cool stuff you could have, you know, especially in Star Wars, like, you could do, like, an Infinities kind of deal, mm. you know? What if somebody went back in time and made it so that the first Death Star was never destroyed? Crazy stuff like that. So, could open a lot of cool avenues for stories. Um... But, uh, also, maybe a little too much to handle, and the way that it's limited to just use in specific, maybe just one Jedi temple ever, yeah. right? Because it's the same temple bo both times. Right. Either the reconstructed one we see in the finale, right? right, right? right. Or the, the first, it's the same yeah. one. So, you know, he may even be the first Jedi to actually walk that path. Yeah. You know, right. it's possible nobody else ever unlocked the real secrets of the temple. Yeah. So, so who knows? But uh, definitely a a good way to add stakes to like a midquel kind mm -hmm. of thing, because you know nothing too significant can happen in this show, yeah. other than the main cast dying. Like you know nothing's gonna happen to Palpatine right. or whatever. But right, if he got control of time, anything that's something pretty serious, yeah. and it's something that you could insert and lose or gain without affecting the other movies. So I think it was a good narrative choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking back to all the times where we see force ghosts and stuff like that and how they've been represented. There's never a consistent representation of a force ghost. So for example, um, when Yoda dies, he appears as he did when he died. When Darth Vader dies, in the re 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 release in the current in the canon current canon he appears as he did in the prequel movies before before his fall to before the dark his side. fall to the dark side which is interesting and i don't remember what they did for obi-wan was it ewan mcgregor no they didn't no, replace, replace him, him. He's still replace so there's him. not a consistency in that right it's kind of they appear how they appear now this is not the case in any way shape or form but my brain was i was playing a little fun little brain game with it and what if all of those guys had found the temple and gone in there at some point and how they appear, that's what, just what you look like as a force ghost when you like use the portal. Like, I think that'd be pretty cool. No, nah. I don't think so. Not nah. even as like, a, like, I don't think it's the case, but like even the, you won't even humor the notion. Yeah. It just, it would just rewire. It would just rewrite the entire, like, can of Star Wars way too much. It would make uh, like, these people. I don't know about that. See, because if you think of it as not like this big time travel portal, but Ezra actually accidentally walking into the Force afterlife. Because if you look mm. at it, ah. if you look at it, we see him look in a time travel portal three times, yeah. right? You know, I don't remember how his parents died, but first portal he looks through, Ahsoka right before she probably would have right. died. Right. Second one, Kanan right, right before right. he died. Third one, his parents. 
What if they were killed by an Imperial bombing right then? Or something. Yeah. Maybe it's just a link. Like, he's walking, like, in the Force afterlife. So, Greg's idea of that's where Force ghosts go, maybe not the most crazy thing. Which is also, it would also explain how they can just appear anywhere. Yeah. Right. You know, other than just being magic ghosts. Like, whatever. I, we don't really need an explanation, but I don't. I don't think his theory is like groundless. It, it's. I didn't think it that way. You got a point. It's, yeah. it's interesting, yeah. kind of like, so, like this concept introduces a lot of new things, and especially when you try to think about if you try to define what that temple actually is and is not, because we don't have a lot of information on that, right? Um, and that brings us into the finale, which is really the reason why we're bringing up Star Wars Rebels tonight. Um, mm-hmm. it was a double episode whammy filled with quite a few different things. Um, we know now Kanan died the second to last episode. They're kind of reeling from that still a little bit. We're led to believe that Ezra may or may not be dead after the events of the finale. He's missing he and they believe him to be alive. Right. And it fast forwards quite a few years in the epilogue too. It must, because she uh, Sabine is much older. <laughs> Looks much older. Well, that she no, she she mentions <laughs> a baby. I, I couldn't. Rem- I, <laughs> I I try. To, I couldn't remember if she said the decisive battle of the Battle of Endor or well, the Battle of Yavin. No, it's after. It's after Endor. the Empire has been it's defeated. Endor. Yeah. It's Endor. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So then there's a baby in all of this now, which apparently what he looked what like five, four, five years old, like a little yeah. kid. So what is so the last episode? At what point does that take place before the Battle of Yavin? That's a good question. Four years. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So let's say it takes put three years, and her and Kanan, you know, got yeah. it on. Um, that means when Yavin finally came around, that uh, baby would you're be... assuming you know the gestation period <laughs> of a Twi'lek female. Get out of here. God damn it! <laughs> that was sad. I love that. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah, assuming it's a, a typical nine month to a year max gestation period, right? Assuming that. Yeah. Um, gestation. Assuming period. that. This is fucking yeah, aliens. It is, <laughs> it is aliens. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, got to figure no more than five years old. I would say max. Um, I was surprised they went there with like having alien hybrid yeah. babies. I don't know how I yeah. feel about that. Hey! 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 It's called interspecies. Erotica. I don't know. Yeah, but see, my my issue with it is how the kid looks. Green hair. Yeah. Well, not even that. He doesn't have Leku. Yeah. Which you? Well, think, that's obviously like, not the dominant gene. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, but but I you know I don't know if this is like a real scientific thing because you know whatever fiction, but um, when you do like half breeds of children, I always figured you would get like a more similar thing to the mother species because mm-hmm. i think that's how it works in pokemon so by pokemon logic who's to say well look i mean if you breed a, a male skitty with a female waylord which is something you could do you get a waylord so i i assume the kid would look more twilecky because i mean that's a pretty that's like really the only major difference other than skin yeah. color between humans and twi'leks as far as i know i thought for sure it was going to be like green skin um like it looked it look like a Canaan, but with green skin, with green color, right. like 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 beast like, like beast boy. I thought I was thinking more beast boy kind of deal. Yeah, that kind of color scheme going on. Maybe scale, maybe for I don't know, like probably most likely scales. But uh, 
Uh, that's what I was kind of assuming. I looked at it and I was like, eh, they didn't put a lot of thought into this kit's design, which is going to yeah. be interesting because you know that they're going to show back up and whatever next cartoon is going to happen. You just right. know it. They're not going to build all this up to just not revisit this stuff. Um, um, but I don't know. I felt like the last fight was definitely, I don't know for, I don't know why, but I felt like it was a little anticlimactic. I can see that. So the, this whole finale felt kind of anticlimactic. It felt rushed. It yeah. felt like there was another season or two that they wanted to do and they just got, and they, they just had to end it. it. Um, cause of the way they, the, the way they did the whole recap scene, just weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was cool they freed Lethal, but it's like that's just a weird way to end this, end this series. Like, I feel it should have ended like when they were on, um, what's it called, on um, Scarif. Right. That's where I thought it was going. Like, that's where it ends on yeah. Scarif, and like them like flying off to go battle to there, and that's it. Um, which would have been dope, and I feel like they kind of blew their load killing off, J- um, Kanan. Yeah. Like once he died, I didn't care anymore. He kind of had to die, though. Well, he sure. Once you cut off all end. that hair, all you have to, all you have left is to die. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Cut. Yeah, don't cut your hair. We trying to say, Greg? Nothing good happens. It, you know, you can't see. You can't introduce a, like a surviving Jedi character and not wonder like where are these guys when right. the war is going down and Luke needs training right. and right. all this stuff. It's a problem a lot of people had with the old expanded universe with all these Jedi that somehow managed to survive and somehow never sought out Yoda or another Force user or formed some kind of Jedi resistance. Nothing yeah. like that. Well, that's not, well, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, it's not, I'm upset that he died. It's just like, I feel like maybe because I didn't care much about Ezra at all in most of this. I just always thought he was like too whiny. Um, he, he grew yeah. on me. And like parts where he was kind of cool or short lived. Um, however, like I would have thought, I would like to see him like maybe Ezra dying at that part where he's trying to prevent the thing from blowing up rather than mm-hmm. Kanan. Because then, like, Kanan, because then. Kane could be the guy who finishes off Thrawn, who does like the whole thing with the whales and all that stuff. Like that would have been more of a, uh, more of like a very very like climactic. End I, I thought I thought just... how that scene went down was kind of pretty nice full circle because we haven't seen like the space whales in quite some time. Yeah, right. and and Ezra's had always had that weird affinity with animals and yeah. the Force. That's and, um, all the way he's, to a, he's a Force one. druid essentially. And what's cool is, like, Bendu actually says how it was going to end in Season yeah. 3. Like, he's looking at Thrawn. He's like, you cannot defeat me. I am internal. But I am seeing your end. Like, you're being strangled by a thousand arms yeah. and shit and, like that. Oh, so he does you know, say And the really cool that. thing about Bendu as well is he's one of the doctors. He's voiced by, um, fuck, what's his name? I have to look it up. It's, like, one of the, one of the, like the earliest doctors that's still alive from uh, Doctor Who. Oh, it's Tom, yeah, Baker. Tom Baker. Like Tom the, Baker. the 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 doctor. doctor. Yeah, yeah. I when I was watching that, I was like, "That sounds so familiar." Why? And I looked it up. I was like, "Oh shit, that's why." Because he's the fucking doctor. That's great. Um, cool. Yeah. So like, I kind of agree. Like, I felt the the ending did feel kind of hollow, but I think they just had more. They wanted to build out more. They just. Couldn't they just got the kibosh? I I really didn't love how they wrote Thrawn out of it. Yeah, I mean, until I see a body, I'm not convinced. Yeah, yeah. but but what we have confirmed, well, I guess maybe there's writing around it, but as far as I can tell, he's taken out of the game in like 
before the Battle of Yavin, and then gone all the way through Endor. So even if he's out in the Unknown Regions fighting mm-hmm. something, like, I like to imagine that there's some story where him and Ezra are teaming up against that greater threat beyond the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the Yuzon Vong or whatever they want to do. We know right. something's yeah. out there. Even in the new canon, we know something's out there with the Chiss. That's bad yeah. news. Um, I've always really liked Thrawn. I like I like his presence and stuff. You know, the new Thrawn book is cool because it kind of streamlines his whole Imperial career, but it puts him at the forefront of everything. You know, as soon as the Emperor is the Emperor, he's in the hot seat working his way up the ranks and fighting whatever his tactical mind is needed against. I don't think he went out like a chump here. I think he did well. I think the portrayal of him was very good. Um, you know, he, he lost to something that he had no way of ever predicting. Right. I mean, they're literally space wells from nowhere. Yeah. What what chance could he have had? None. Like, it's, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no way he could have ever had... He had a blockade in place. Like, everything was on his side, you know? Even in the old, you know, the old canon, he died due to an internal betrayal. It was something that he never thought would happen. Yeah. So it works in terms of the character, but... I don't like them just taking him out of the picture. I mean, it's better than him being like, oh, he's crushed to death and he's dead, dead. Mm. But I, I don't know. I, I do kind of like, he's like, I have blockades. And they're just like, the, the blockades are gone. <laughs> There's Will, sir. <laughs> they Will? came out of nowhere, sir. <laughs> it was like almost immediately, they're all gone. What happened? <laughs> they're gone, sir. <laughs> it was so good. It gets going. Okay. Uh, with all that being said, it's about time. It's actually a little bit over time that we get to the a Secret Question. So tonight, we talked about disaster movies. We came up with our own greatest disaster movie that we'll have ever, we'll never, if we're lucky, grace the scenes. Never forget AIDS NATO. AIDS NATO will happen. We talked uh, Star Wars Rebels. We talked uh, all about it, the, the finale, what we liked, what we didn't like. We talked about all the characters, all that good stuff. We also talked about some news as well. Um my secret question tonight is going to center more along the lines of Star Wars Rebels. I want you to design, very briefly, the next Star Wars cartoon. Ooh. All I really want to know is basic plot um, and how does it link to Rebels. And if you think of any other information, that'll do as well. We have a very interesting standoff right now. No one's making any real sudden movements for those of you listening at home. But I'm going to go off of facial movements at this point. We're talking um, micro expressions. Dave has the advantage because his face is down. And Casey just moved. That means I'm Casey goes next. <laughs> I couldn't Aha. do it. I was staring at Dave. He was like a goddamn statue. <laughs> I couldn't do I it. I do that at work. If I don't want someone to talk to me, I'm just like. Uh. <laughs> um. Well, my answer probably never yeah. gonna happen, but I would love yeah. to see it. Uh, hundred and twenty-five Aby years into the future, the First Order's gone, the Empire's gone, everything's gone. What's left? Star Wars Legacy. Hmm. Um, originally, the Legacy concept followed Cade Skywalker, a long, disgraced descendant of the Skywalker line. Um, 
who he's kind of he starts out as kind of a party boy dancing with both the light and dark side of the force he's really into drugs fast women and fast ships um you know uh just like greg mm-hmm. likes part scoundrel part force Love user it. um but when the there is a, a sith empire that comes back rises to power again and and they form the one sith he's the only person who can really step up to fight this threat Uh, i would love to see something very similar to that in a star wars show because it wouldn't be limited by anything that we already have um it doesn't even really have to be a skywalker it could be any a descendant of maybe any force user or just some you know the last remaining struggling jedi school from a hundred years in the future you could get name drops of people in historical archives they'll tie it back to other shows but i'm more interested in star wars being able to do something that's sort of untethered um they could kind of take it in any direction that they want since you know the there's no established lore for anything past what we're seeing in the films like there's no there's no continuity that's set after this is done Um, which is something different from the old expanded universe because they published a lot of stuff out of order. Like we got stuff like the dark empire comics before we got stuff like the Thrawn trilogy, you know, where we see Palpatine gets reborn and there was some kind of second galactic civil war that we never got to see. And it was a game of filling in the gaps. Like even the original Clone Wars stuff, you know, if you were reading star Wars comics in like 1997, and they show you this timeline. Like, you know this new movie's coming out, but, like, what are the Clone Wars? These things got, like, half a mention in A New Hope, yeah. right? But what are they really? And it's just this big block of who mm-hmm. knows. So instead of piecing together stuff, inserting stuff in the middle, and trying to make it work, I say, throw it all into the future and do whatever you want mm-hmm. with it. Because if you get a show that people don't like, fine. You could always tailor make it to whatever you want. Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead style, spinoffs, you name it. You take all the core Star Wars elements and call it a day. All right. All right. How would you have that link into Rebels? Yeah. Specifically? Um, I, well, the nice thing about Star Wars is that technology never mm-hmm. changes. So if, say, the ghost or chopper survives okay, cool. into the future, yeah. that's something that you could do. In in the original Star Wars Legacy, R2-D2 joins, is like the fair, the family heirloom of the Skywalkers. And it's still Great. around a hundred years after. Well, everyone knows that Star Wars oh, is R2. really just the story of R2-D2 and C-3PO. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Dave, what about you? Um, It's tough, but like... Boba Fett, pretty okay. much. Like, cause I say it th- so it ties back into Rebels where... basically Sabine enlists his help to see if they can find Ezra on the other part of the side of the galaxy. Even though he's not really a Mandalorian. So... Yeah, I out Star Wars, the Star Wars expert. I win the award Fuck, I forgot they did that. No, you've got my... Yes. That was really good. I forgot they did that shit. He he stole the fucking armor. God damn it. I am Uh, Star Wars now. (laughs) <laughs> all right scrap that you are <laughs> it is useless to resist i mean that'll still Jeez, work yeah, really it's just like, like your your point of having two mandalorians doesn't hold up they're still in badass armor 
That's true. Uh, it's just I want to do something with Boba Fett. I just don't know how well, I want to link with like you, Rebels. You could do want, like um, just Boba Fett's like lost years and just fo- have him follow up and like maybe he like meets up with like Ezra or something or maybe he's supposed to take out like you could do it like one of like the Lilo and Stitch trailers from like back in the day where like maybe he was meant to take out like Kanan and um, he shoots a rocket but it's just, it's like during the big explosion so it just gets consumed by the rest of the explosion and he's just like well. Count <laughs> he, it. Was, he was there the whole time <laughs> something like that you can frame like, yep, it in a, in a good way you can have a character from rebels maybe pull him out of the sarlacc instead of somebody like dengar because fuck dengar right? that's true i mean who cares or you could even have guy. like hondo in there it could be Ryder. it could be i mean rex oh, still Ryder. survived oh, yeah. yeah well i was even yeah. thinking just like like you could have him be like at one of those like crappy cantinas and hondo is there just in the background drinking up a storm and telling his like tales yeah that would count or maybe you hondo do, you, is the guy that he has a contract yeah. for like he's got to yeah. take him out because you do see hondo's like portrait in battlefront 2 which oh, is kind of cool. kick-ass so you see it in Ma- you find it in moscano's castle just like chilling that's there cool. in the back that's really cool um so that makes sense yeah he's just at a random cantina meets yeah. hondo and it's like him and hondo like doing some crazy shit before no yeah okay. let's do that where it's him and hondo Hondo hires him for God knows what, like little tiny missions stuff like that. And it's like him and Hondo working together more or less. And before he joins the ranks of Jabba hmm. the Hutt. It's like the best odd couple in Star Wars ever. Hondo and Boba Fett. One's really messy. The other one's neat and tidy. You'll never, what'll happen next? One's played by Matthew Perry. Uh, Did you ever see the Delia scenes of how like Boba got like the dent on his head? No. So... There's a bunch of deleted scenes from the Clone mm-hmm. Wars. And one of the most important, not most important ones, one of the good ones where it was Cad mm-hmm. Bane and a young Boba Fett, basically. And he's already, like, big enough where he can wear, like, his father's mm-hmm. armor. And they're having a classic, like, Western standoff. Oh, that's cool. Like, they're basically about to have that's a cool. duel, right? And it's just them talking shit to each other, blah, blah, blah. So voiced by the same people. All of a sudden, it's like, draw. And they both fire at each other at the same time and they mm-hmm. hit each other. Cad Bane dies, but his blaster bolt hits the top that's of the cool. helmet and that's where he gets the I thing. forgot about Cad Bane too. He was he was badass. Yep. He was badass. So Cat so basically he dies by the hands of nice. Boba Fett. Um mine will take place um much like Rebels does uh in between a bunch two movies that we don't see much of. So mine is going to take place uh in between um episode 6 and 7. And okay. that's going so it's going to be like Far enough into the future, it's gonna actually it's gonna uh, cue into Rebels because it's gonna center around uh, Kanan and Hera's son, um, and he kind of took over the Ghost, and he's got kind of a new crew going on. Um, but it's gonna explore a lot more of the underbelly of kind of what's going on there. I'm thinking more like kind of Rogue One kind of style, and like have it take yeah. place on like Narshada yeah, or yeah. something. Some like real backwater shithole yeah. of the galaxy. It's not going to have a lot of force powers in it just yet, um, and it's going to kind of lead up to the penultimate moment where Ezra is reunited um, with him, or maybe united with him for the first time, and not really realizing what's going on. And I'm picturing Ezra has figured out how to use the abilities of the temple, and it becomes more of like a watcher scenario, where he just kind of huh. watches everything transpire and like. I'm thinking like that Obi-Wan long beard, like old man kind of look, that kind of deal. That's what I'm kind of envisioning. I swear to God, if Disney's listening to us, 
put us on put us on this somehow yeah, some way. Control of something. One little thing. You won't be you won't be sorry. Put me to Star Wars so you damn won't it. Be sorry, I swear. Uh, and with that, Star Wars that is officially mind. all the time that we have for tonight. This has been issue number one hundred and thirty six of the Back Here to Funky Podcast. Uh, thank you for everyone Woo-hoo. who tuned in live here at twitch.tv slash bad funky uh, each and every Thursday night at ten PM Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we had actually a, we had a, a great conversation going on in the chat uh, tonight. So I want yeah, to take a moment did. to go ahead and thank. I'm going to go right in order here. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and end the show. See ya. <laughs> Bye, jerks. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and thank uh, no. Bebo Boulevard Ga- Gaming, um, Adam Solgetto guy. Uh, Ocon is here. How you doing, man? Uh, we also had uh, Slow come on in. Good to see you, Slow, as always. And Prince of Awesomeness with the, uh, the Bits donations. I still think that went unnoticed. I saw that. We saw that. Super appreciated. Uh, thanks for. Per- yeah, twice. Twice, twice, twice in, one in one episode. episode. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're listening um, in one of our many other places where you can listen to this podcast. So I'm talking maybe Facebook, maybe SoundCloud, maybe on Instagram. No, no, we don't. It's on Instagram. But it, we, we are on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> but maybe uh, iHeartRadio, maybe Apple Podcasts, maybe Google Play. And you're like, man. This show is great. I wish there was a way that I could give these guys money, but not actually take money out of my pocket. I'm glad you said that because there's a way you can do this. Uh, If you have an Amazon Prime account, you can hook that into your Twitch account and go ahead and give us a free sub. That gives us some monies. You're already paying for it. You're already paying for Amazon Prime anyways. So, you know, you don't have to pay anything extra. So we super, you know, you can do that if you want, want to support it. If it's not, that's fine. That's cool too. We appreciate you just taking the time to listen. Um, and it costs, it costs you, you nothing. absolutely nothing. We put on the show for free. We do it because we like it. We do it because it's fun. Uh, and we do it because we like the sound of our own voices, quite frankly. Well, at least I do. I don't know about you guys, but I do. Um, I want to thank everyone again for hanging out tonight. And remember, we'll see you next time or we'll see you another time.